Hi guys and welcome back to Word of Truth. So I pray that you guys are well, that you're blessed. I apologise that there was no Word of Truth in February. I wasn't really in a place to do it, didn't really receive a word for February, probably because I was, you know when you have your own thing that you just, you're not in a place to pour out and I really believe in pouring out from your overflow so I needed to take that time but we are back in March and by average grace maybe there will be two messages this month so keep an eye out for that. So today we are talking about, well we are answering the question, can women be pastors? So it's quite a loaded question, so we're really going to strip it back in this video and dive into what that actually means. Because when people say women can't be pastors, or when people are saying pastors in general, they're lump summing a lot of different meaning into the same words. So when they're saying pastors, sometimes they mean preachers or teachers, whether that's itinerant, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's with men or women, where some people say they can teach to women, some people say they can teach to women and children, but they can't teach to men. Some people say they can't preach from behind a pulpit, so it depends on where they're teaching from. Some people say X, Y, and Z. So we're gonna strip it back. And there are two main scriptures. It's not that people have just pulled this out of the top of their head to just start saying that. Some people have, but main there are two main scriptures that people use to back that doctrine that women cannot teach, that women cannot be preachers, but women cannot be pastors or leaders in the church. And so we're going to delve into those scriptures and look at what the Bible says, not just saying, look at what the Bible says. Obviously you have to look at the Bible in context as a whole, but we will look at the scriptures, specifically the ones where people, that people use to say that women can't do these things. But we're going to go, we're going to, like I said, strip the question back and take it back a bit. Okay, so let's start with the term pastor. We're going to look at what the term pastor actually means from God's perspective, not what we have caused it, to, caused it to begin to mean culturally or in our generation, but what does it mean or how does the Lord use the term pastor in the Bible? And in the New Testament, we only see that term used one time, and that is in Ephesians 4 when Paul is outlining what we have called today the fivefold ministry. So it doesn't say the fivefold ministry in scripture, but the fivefold ministry is a biblical concept just like the term trinity is not in the bible but the godhead is a biblical concept so the fivefold ministry is a biblical concept and yes there are people that don't believe the fivefold ministry exists anymore or that the apostles and prophets don't exist but pastors and teachers and evangelists exist and so there's a lot in that and i've done teaching about the fivefold ministry looking at it from a biblical perspective our apostles still um our apostles still for today so i've done quite a few teachings so if you haven't checked out other of our messages on here on Purity International, whether you're listening on podcasts or watching here on YouTube, then I encourage you to check out the other teachings that we've done about the Fivefold Ministry. Here at Purity International, we are called to help raise Fivefold Ministers to Sonship. But yes, we do believe that the Fivefold Ministry exists today. We believe it's relevant for today because the Bible reveals that these gifts are given until the body of come until sorry until the body of christ comes to a position of full maturity in christ and we are clearly not at that place yet so therefore the fivefold ministry still exists today and so what i've actually what we often find anyway is that people that don't believe in the fivefold ministry are often people that don't believe that women can be pastors preachers teachers whatever it is as well and so there's a lot of different elements that go into that but like i said we're going to strip back the question and start off with pastor as a fivefold ministry gift slash office slash function. Can a woman be a pastor in the sense of, can a woman be a fivefold minister? Can Jesus have given women as fivefold gifts to his body? But let's read Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and start there today. So I'm gonna read from verse seven and it says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And I can just stop there for a moment. It says, unto every one of us. Paul is talking to believers and he said unto every one of us. He didn't say to unto every one of us men. He didn't say only to the men. He said unto every one of us. I'm going to continue reading. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And obviously that men meaning mankind. Now, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heaven, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But as I said, we see here that the fivefold ministry has been given until we come to that place of fullness in Christ Jesus. So that when, and I can continue reading where it talks about, so we're no longer children, etc., etc., to a place of full maturity in Christ. And as a body, collectively, we are not there yet. So therefore, this has not finished, it's not been fulfilled. And so the fivefold ministry has been given, grace has been given unto every one of us, and some of us are apostles, some of us are prophets, some of us are evangelists, some of us are pastors and teachers, okay? And so, here we see that there's nothing that says about it whether you're male or female as to whether you are these gifts. Grace is given to every member of the body of Christ and this is not dependent on your gender. In Christ there's neither male nor female. Let's read Galatians. Let's go to Galatians 3. I'm going to read from verse 26 and it says, For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, ye, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. But in Christ Jesus, when it comes to the grace of God on our lives, there is neither male or female. The gifts are not given dependent on your gender. The gifts are not given dependent on your nationality. The gifts are not distributed in this fact. In Christ, we are all one. We are all different parts of the body of Christ and he's given us grace according to the gift of Christ that we are. That's how it works. It's not dependent on gender. And so we see here that there's nothing that, that disqualifies a woman from being a fivefold minister, from having the function of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor or teacher, right? And so it's not gender specific. And so the grace operates according to the according to his will, according to the what God has called you to be. And he does not decide this where on being he does not decide this according to whether you're male or female. Of course he can use your gender, he can use your nationality, he can use your height, he can use everything about you, he can use it. But it's not the deciding factor. He knows what gift he's made you and it's according to his will and it's according to the grace that he's placed inside of us. So can a woman be a fivefold minister? Yes. Can a woman be a pastor, which is one of the fivefold ministry gifts? Yes. This is talking about a sp spiritual position in the body of Christ. It's who you are. You cannot choose to be this thing. A person can be a apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and literally be sat in their basement and nobody knows about them because that's the grace that God has given to them. Whether they're utilising it or not, whether they are, sorry, whether what position of public, private position that they're in is a separate issue. Who they are serving is a separate issue. Who they are talking to is a separate issue. So, but can they have the grace? Can they have the gift? Can they have the function? Yes, yes, and yes. And we, if we say we know God, we have to understand his character anyway. When has God given somebody something to not use it. He doesn't give people things to say don't use it. We see that in scripture that it's just a principle that if he's given you something, he wants you to use it. Of course there are going to be boundaries. Of course there are going to be, um, he's gonna have a specific how for you to utilize this thing. And that's part of the relationship aspect, that's part of the obedience journey. But if he's given you a gift, it goes without saying that he wants you to use it. That's, if he's given you a gift or he's made you a gift, we see that principle throughout scripture over and over that he wants it to be you. He's given it for a reason. He's not a purposeless God. So if he's made a woman, she had the, the gift, the function, the grace of a pastor, you know, that's her heart, that's her motive, then why would he give it to her if he doesn't want her to be that? It's the same goes for apostles, a woman that's an apostle with the gift, grace and function. It goes for the same for a woman who has that gift, function and grace as a, prophet and as an evangelist it's the same thing so the lord is not purposeless so if he's made in christ we're all we are all christ we're all one there's no male or female there's no gender when it comes to spiritual the spiritual body within being baptized into the spirit of god and we have a grace according to his will and so yes to the first breaking it down that question can a woman be a pastor can she be a five-fold minister can she have the grace gift function of a pastor yes Okay, so the next part, the next way I'm gonna break this question down is talking about elders and bishops. Now, in scripture, 
elders slash bishops slash presbyter which i don't know if i'm saying that word properly because i don't usually use that word in my normal english language but i'm going to use elder bishop those words are used interchangeably and that is a specific public office that the bible talks about there's two that the bible talks about you've got uh, the elder bishop and you've got the deacon these are two offices that the bible speaks about these are public leadership positions well i want to describe leadership because not not fivefold leadership these are not fivefold leadership offices they're public positions a specific service a specific work and i use the term leadership because they are service role but they are not fivefold ministry gifts they're not fivefold ministry offices they are public positions public offices and they are specific work but they're not fivefold they are different so when we say pastor and we think we're talking about elder and bishop and because we use the term elder and bishop to mean different things than, than what the bible says we say elder and bishop we say some of the bishop means that they are a pastor of pastors or we're calling someone bishop has been an, an, a, an apostle of apostles we use a term like that but that's not how the bible uses the term so the question now breaking it down to can a woman be an elder or bishop so i'm going to talk about what is an elder what is an elder slash bishop in the first place and then we're going to go into can a woman be that role okay so let's go to titus titus 1 i'm going to read uh, verse 5 to 9 that says this for this cause left i in crete that thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as i had appointed thee if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he have been given, as he have been taught, that he may be able to by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. And I'm going to read First Timothy three verses one to seven as well. It says this: This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behaviour, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, but one that ruler, one that ruleth his one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Okay? Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fell into fall into reproach and the snare of the devil but here we see Paul outlining characteristics you could say qualifications of what he wants a bishop of elder to be someone of character a man of stature and I say a man because Paul used the term a man but I'm going to get into that I'm going to ask that question in a moment okay so what we see here is that the role of a bishop slash elder because we see those two words used inter interchangeably there is one of a superintendent one of an overseer one of a presbyter presider sorry one of a presider or a chairman that sort of role one who oversees an assembly of me we think about the ch a chairman's role you know they are not necessarily the person who's they're the person who brings who brings everybody together who um make sure we stay on track of the agenda of what we're meeting for and so an overseer take takes that responsibility a bishop takes that responsibility they take the responsibility of watching over making sure things are still going the way that they're supposed to be going okay keeping keeping things in order in that sense but it's not the same as a fivefold ministry gift the same as a fivefold ministry function can a fivefold minister be a bishop or elder yes because we see peter for example who's an apostle by gift grace and function say that he's also an elder and we see also that the first elders were actually or the first bishops well it's the same it means the same thing the first overseers of the church were actually the 12 apostles that jesus because it says that they had a bishopric in act it says that they needed another man to take up the bishopric of um judas and so it wasn't about having the function of apostle because we see through the new testament that there are other apostles mentioned in the new testament so there's other apostles but those apostles those 12 had the bishopric the overseership that jesus 
specifically gave to them for the early church but obviously as the church grew they can't oversee the whole they can't oversee every church and every assembly of believers and so it was a thing where obviously the lord because they were also apostles they had other work they had other gift and grace to be able to create do more things than just oversee but that was also what they did jesus gave them that responsibility initially as well so he he was initially the apostle that left them i spoke about this before in um I'm not sure what teaching it is now i think it might be the apostles apostles still exist today it might be that one where i talk about other apostles and how jesus being an apostle initially essentially appointed them as el as the first elders just the same way an apostle would appoint elders once they've established a community of believers but so as to say the role of a bishop elder is one of overseership one of a presider it's not a fivefold ministry function how do we know this because it said if any man desires the work which means that it can be desired you can desire the work you can desire to fulfill this role whereas you can't choose to be a fivefold minister you are it or you're not jesus is the one that chooses jesus is the one that gives you the grace or not you don't get to choose what part of the body you are either you are the we either you are the nose either you are the eyes either you are the ears or you're not you can want to be all you you've, all you want to but the ears can never be the eyes the ears can never fulfill the function of the eyes whereas this role we see is a work that doesn't matter what your grace is your function is you can choose to fulfill it as long as you have the character requirements that are laid out there and so my question when looking at with this, when we're saying, can a woman fulfill this role? We look at this role, we look at the list that Paul put there and we have to ask the question, is this an exhaustive list? Is Paul saying you have, is it a cumulative list where he's saying a man must have, you must have X, you must have each of those things? Or is he listing a type of person? Because equally in saying, if we say only a man, a married man can be an elder bishop then we have to ask the question okay does that mean that a single man who has a good quality who has good character who for example has the gift of singleness as paul did could not be a bishop or elder and that's a question that i'm going to throw out throw out to you for you to ask the lord yourself is it an exhaustive list that paul is laying out here or is he laying out a type of person and is he saying that the person has to be married has to be the has to have children as well what about if a man is married and doesn't have children does that now disqualify him from being an elder or bishop so we have to really ask that question okay because if if the case is not he's not listening saying that you must you must be married you must be a man that's married with children if he's not saying that then is he listening a type of man a type of person because if a man that's not married and doesn't or a man that's married and doesn't have children can be a bishop or elder then why would it disqualify a woman from being a elder or bishop and so like i said i'm not going to answer that part of the question but i am let's strip laying this out saying a bishop or elder is not a five ministry role so even in the question of saying can women be pastors by breaking it down and saying that an elder or bishop anyway is not even a five ministry role but a woman can be a five minister but why would it disqualify her from being a elder or bishop and also is paul saying that it's only a man who is married who also has children that can be a bishop or is he saying a type of person and that's something you really have to ask the lord when you're saying if you wanted to say take this passage these passages where he because he uses the male pronouns and a description of a man who for me he's saying if you can't look after your own life and your own household which he is saying then how can you take care of the, the house of god so it's saying if you in anything that we have it's just the same way jesus said he who's been faithful in little can be trusted with much right and it's the same principle if you have a wife and children and you don't look after them then how can you now want this role and not look after them? So it's saying, if in other areas of your life you don't show the responsibility, you don't show the character, you don't show the, um, you don't show the care that you need to, then you're already demonstrating that you don't have what it takes to fulfil this role to look after God's people. And it's the same in any aspect. But you have to ask the question: Is it a cumulative list where you? Because it doesn't say and; it's just commas. It's just a list of types of things. But so that's the question I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that there anyway. But as we can see. A, if people take that to say that's what a pastor is, that's not a fivefold ministry position. That is a public office, a specific work, one of overseership, one of uh, a presider, one of a chairman, one of a foreman. But it's not a fivefold ministry function. It's not a fivefold ministry leadership position. It's a leadership position, but it's not a fivefold role. And but yes, a fivefold minister can be that. And obviously, it says in there one of them apt to teach which means you know have a a disposition to be able to teach have a gift to be able to teach and so to be able to doesn't mean that you have to so you can teach but you don't necessarily 
do but you don't have to also be fearful to have the gift to teach because we see in romans 12 that teaching is also a body function and so i'm going to leave that point in there i'm going to move on to the next one in breaking down this question can women be pastors so we've seen a woman can be a fivefold minister we also see that when people say pastor they talk about and they take the bishop and elders passages to say that a woman can't be that we said that's not a fivefold ministry role anyway and that's not even a role of that's not even a role of teaching it's not it's not a that's not the first and foremost role of a, an elder bishop their first and foremost is to be an example in their character in their life and so that a woman can definitely do that but then if you want to say that even if you say that you realize okay this is not a five-four ministry role etc and this is a presider blah, blah 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 you have to ask and see from the lord's heart is he saying is he disqualifying anyone who's not married man with children you have to ask that question so a man who's an who's clearly got the character of god clearly has the heart of god clearly hears and able to teach and is in a good example but he has he's not married or he doesn't have children does that disqualify and that's the kind of question that you have to ask because that sh that speaks from abba's heart and the more whole counsel of scripture as we see throughout and we don't see the lord disqualifying on those kind of basis basis or yeah basis or thing so the next and final thing that point which is going to be again quite long is can a woman preach and teach so when people say can women be a woman can't be pastors or can women be pastors they're asking can women preach and teach and they're asking if they can is there specific places or people that they can preach and teach to but we're going to look specifically now at the scriptures that people use to say no to this question but as i said we know and we've seen that a woman can be a fivefold minister she can have that grace she can have that function a woman can also have that grace or function a woman can also have the grace or function as a te teaching gift from romans like the body function of teacher as well because it's part of the body the grace is not according to gender it's just according to the spirit of god it's according to the will of god and it's we're all one in christ jesus so there's no male or female in the spirit when we're in christ and so the greater function we have, it does not have any bearing on whether we're male or female, right? And so we see that because a woman can be a fivefold minister, we have to be able to say that yes, she can preach and teach because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 that the fivefold ministry is given to equip the body of Christ. Now we have to ask the question, how are we gonna equip the saints without preaching and teaching? It's very much wrapped up in the whole principle of of equipping like you have to be able to teach all the fivefold have to be able to teach even the great commission itself has the word teach in it but let's read matthew 28 matthew 28 says this verse i'm gonna read from verse 18 and jesus came and spoke unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So teaching, preaching, yes, 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 yes. A woman can do that. Whether she's fivefold, whether she's not, the Lord commands us to do that. Whether you're fivefold, whether you're not. Everyone is called to teach everyone is called to teach in the body of christ everybody and we all teach and so we need to get this whole concept of when we think teaching we're only thinking pulpit or we're only thinking this we're all called to teach all nations whether that's your children in your home whether that's when you're at work you're teaching through your life you're teaching through the things that you say you're teaching you're always teaching we're always teaching we have to be examples we have to let our life and our word reflect christ we have to teach the great commission so the answer on the surface or the most basic element is yes a woman can preach and teach because she's commanded to do it and so if she doesn't preach and teach she's not actually fulfilling the commandments of jesus right because we're called to teach all nations and we all have a sphere of influence we all have a domain and a calling in how that works but in general yes a woman is called to preach and teach now we know that when people are saying this they're not there most of the time it comes down specifically to can they preach in the full world in the full walls of the church from a pulpit and we have to really ask the question where in scripture does in the new testament because obviously in the old testament the temple was a physical building but in the new testament we are the temple so we have to ask where does the lord place such an emphasis on the building 
or the platform or the stage or the pulpit because in in all the scriptures that we use we say we from the body to say women can't teach anyway there was no pulpit there was no stage for people to stand on in the first place so even the concept that that could when paul says the thing that he does say that he could be meaning a woman can't stand behind a pulpit and preach a woman cannot stand behind a pulpit and teach a woman cannot stand behind a camera and speak he can't it can't mean that because they didn't have that when paul wrote it so it cannot mean that in the first place but let's try let's dive into the scriptures now anyway i'm going to start in first corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14, I'm going to read verse 26 to 40. I'm going to read all of it and I'm going to go through it line by line. So, First Corinthians 14, verse, from verse 26, it says this. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying now just even from this verse i wasn't going to do it this way but it's how i feel led right now here we see paul is not condemning the fact that they all have a psalm tongue revelation interpretation he's not saying not to have these things he is specifically saying let it be done to edifying which means everything he says after this is in accordance with that Everything he says after this is about edifying, is about it being done in a way that edifies everybody. Not one age group, not one gender, but everybody that's present. Because he said, how is it brethren? The brethren is not saying just to the men. The brethren is everybody present, men, women and children. The, the, when it comes together, every one of you, he doesn't say why does, he doesn't say not every one of you shouldn't have any something. He just said it needs to be done unto edifying so i'm going to continue if any man speak in an unknown tongue let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret now if any man is not saying men male it's any man any person anyone because that is how in most european languages when it comes to the collective they use the male pronouns for everyone okay so men man here we have in english we say man but we're talking humans beings everyone present then verse 28 but if there be no interpreter let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to god now this is important and i want you to remember this as we go down later when it comes to the specific verse that people use to say women can't speak right because here he uses the terminology let him keep silence is Paul saying you cannot speak in tongues? No. What he's saying, if you go back to what he said before, what he's saying about keep silent, even the term keep silent is about order. It means, if you think about it in a very literal sense, if there is silence, you keep it. You keep the peace, you keep the order. So when you're speaking in tongues, it's in a way that keeps to the spirit of God, keep to the gentleness and quietness of the spirit of God, that keep to the order of what God is already doing. So you keep silence. It doesn't say be silent with a T, which is like indefinite. It's saying you keep what's there, you keep the order. Just like when it says hold your peace, it doesn't mean you never speak ever again. It means it's about order, it's about peace, okay? Continue. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Again, the term hold his peace. So it's about order, so that it's done in edifying, so that everyone can be benefited from what's happening, as opposed to everyone speaking all at once. So when it's saying keep silence in the church, in the assembly, which is what really it's saying when it's saying in the church, it's not necessarily about the building, because they could be meeting in a, in a basement, they clearly didn't have church they clearly weren't meeting in church when they're meeting in a house so in the church well, they're most likely meeting in a house it's about keeping the peace and order for edifying okay for ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted even that is powerful you may all learn he doesn't say only men can learn sorry i even missed out the part he didn't say only men can prophesy he said, you may all prophesy. And so when people say, yeah, women can prophesy because they can't deny that women can prophesy if they do believe in prophecy anyway, is because even in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about how a woman can pray and prophesy with her 
if she, women can pray and prophesy, he says it. When he's talking about the head covering, he said that women can pray and prophesy, right? So you can't deny a woman can prophesy, but if you want to be very um, semantic, use semantics to talk about how prof obviously prophecy and teaching is not the same, but you can learn from prophecy because it says that all may learn. So how do you say a woman can prophesy and she's not teaching, but the scripture here says that they that all may learn? He doesn't say that only women can learn or only men can learn from whoever's speaking, he says you all may prophesy, so you all may learn. There's no, if a man, a man is speaking, only women and men can learn. If a woman is speaking, only men and women can, only men can learn, only women can learn. He doesn't differentiate like that. He just says, all may prophesy, all may learn, which indicates that male and female can prophesy, male and female can learn from whoever's prophesying. And the fact that prophesying has an element of teaching in it it may not be the same teaching as where you sit down and we're going through scripture like we are now but there's still an element of learning because you're learning about the heart of god it's still a form of teaching let's continue that and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints so we see he's lining it up he's starting off with speaking about a specific issue one of the specific issues that they have in their church when it comes to order and edifying is the fact that they all they're not speaking a tongue in a way that's edifying so he breaks that down now he's going to break it down in something else now it says let your women keep silence in the churches your women that's very specific. Your women, which means that he's addressing a specific issue towards the women in their churches. And it says the same words, keep silence. Is he saying, don't speak ever? Is he saying keep silent with a T? It's exactly the same terms that he uses for tongue, which is about order which means that they have been speaking in a way that's not edifying and in a way that's out of the peace and order of God, okay? Let's continue. For it is not permitted unto them to speak. That has to be in accordance with what he just said. It has a colon. So he's continuing and emphasizing on what he just said. Keep silent. It's not permitted for them to speak in a way that's out of turn and in accordance with everything I've already said. I'm not just isolating it to say something separate. It's all in accordance with what he's already said. It says, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also say the law. Now, when people say a woman cannot speak, if you take that completely out of the context of this scripture, because what I've shared with you guys so far is not a cultural context that I'm giving you. I'm literally looking at the scripture and seeing what is the context of the scripture that we're reading and I'm not making up my own thing I'm not saying my own words I'm looking at the very words that Paul's written here okay and so where in the where in scripture as a whole does the law say a woman cannot speak point blank ever there's absolutely nowhere in scripture that the bible says that there's nowhere in scripture that is not permitted for a woman to speak and even if you take that that interpretation of a woman cannot speak and he doesn't even say so look, this is the funny thing because if they want to take it out of context, they say it's not permitted for their woman to speak and they want to say in the church. However, if you say that, then you have to realise he's saying keep silent in the church, which is, you have to then realise he's talking about the order in the church, so you have to keep going back. But if you just want to take that line, which is between the colon and the semicolon, that says it's not permitted for them to speak, that means they can't speak anywhere, at home, in the car, ever. But he's not saying that. So if you now want to say, okay, it's in the church, then you have to decide what you're actually saying. Are you saying that women cannot speak in the church? Then what you're really saying is that she cannot open her mouth. She cannot say hello. She cannot sing. She cannot worship. She cannot pray. And we know that's not what he's saying so you can't take it out and you have to decide whether it's in the context of what he's saying or it's not is it about order in the church or is it not because if it is then you have to acknowledge and admit that he's saying keep silent which is about order and not saying keep silent which is about don't speak ever okay so let's continue yes as i said to be under being as also said the law it says and if they will learn anything let them speak let them ask their husbands at home again we get an insight into what he's actually talking about here because he's saying let if and if they'll learn anything which indicates if you look at it that there must be something that they're asking 
outside of order in a way that's not edifying just asking questions throughout maybe i don't know the specific because obviously i wasn't there however we can infer from what he's saying if they would learn anything let them ask the husband at home which means that they want to learn or they're asking questions but in a way that's not edifying it's not it's not edifying to be speaking in an unorderly way so that not everyone can be edified so maybe that people can't hear talking over people you can infer that from what he's saying for it is a shame for women to speak in the churches Again, we can see he's not saying it's a shame for them to speak in the church point blank ever because that would just contradict a lot of things in scripture and a lot of things that he's already said. Praying, prophesying, we know women can do that. So he's not saying a woman can't speak in the church at all. He's saying a woman cannot speak in the church in this way that in unedifying whatever way that is, in a way that's not actually causing everyone to be able to learn. That's a way that's disruptive. It makes sense like you have to have abba's heart but obviously if you have a heart that you don't want women to speak at all then you will see that it says women cannot speak at all but it does it actually doesn't say that it's talking about it's a shame for them to speak in the church in a way that's clearly unedifying in a way that clearly not under obedience to her husband because the only under obedience or the only submission that the bible speaks about for a woman is in relation to her husband or her father so we're talking about headship that's it and every man is not a woman's head it does not work like that and it's never worked like that okay so verse 36 what came the word of god out from you or came it unto you only which again or came it unto you only which again shows that he's making he's addressing a specific issue to the corinthian churches he it shows that because he's saying what did it come from you so he's saying or like are you different are, are you do you have your own way of doing things your own way of interpreting things okay because he's making that statement it says verse 37 if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual let him acknowledge that the things that i can write unto you are the commandments of the lord if any man be ignorant let him be ignorant Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongue. Let all things be done decently and in order. So he's begins that part about let all things be done unto edifying and ends it with let all things be done in order, which means that everything in between that is about edifying and order. Everything. It cannot be taken outside of that context. He sandwiches it in between those two. And so I'm going to leave that there because I think that we've gone in that in, in depth enough. So we're going to go into... The next passage that people use to say women cannot speak, teach, preach in the church specifically or outside the church or, or whatever. Um, so First Timothy 2, I'm going to read all of it. And this will be the last passage I believe that we'll be reading today. So I pray that this blesses you guys, has been blessing you guys. Um, if you have any questions, just leave them below. You can send us an email if you're listening on the podcast. And we'll be happy to respond to you. First Timothy 2 says this. I exhort thee, I exhort therefore that, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men here, we're talking about everybody, not only for men, for everybody, all people. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now to begin with by saying, is Paul talking here about life inside the church building he's actually not even the beginning of this talked about our life as a whole we can see this already because he's saying prayers for all he's not saying only for those in authority in the churches but just in general all people that all men it's not even just for believers it's for everybody all of hum humanity for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who will have all men, again, all people, not just men that are male, to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, that's all people, the man, Jesus Christ. But here we see the, the term the man used to indicate a specific man, which is Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Wherefore, I whereunto i am ordained a preacher and an apostle i speak the truth in christ and lie not a teacher of the gentiles in faith and variety verity i will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting so he begins this thing we're talking about all people and god's will for all people and then we now now we've moved into within the body he's now saying men as in the male men why to lift up hands with all without wrath and doubting now 
Why would Paul say this for men? Or can women not lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting? Of course they can, but he's clearly saying it to men because there must be, this must be an issue for the men that he's addressing, a more apparent issue. There must be more anger and doubting must have been, or must be a more apparent issue for men. It must be, otherwise he wouldn't have, it doesn't mean that it's not relevant to women, it just means that he's given a specific, just the same way, when the scripture says a woman submits to your husband as unto the Lord, and men love your wife, does that mean women shouldn't love their wife? Of course it doesn't. Does it mean that men shouldn't submit to their wife? No, it doesn't, because we're called to submit to one another. So it's never a thing where the Bible says, men do this, women do this, that it doesn't apply to the other gender. It doesn't work like that. Like, like the Proverbs 31 woman doesn't only apply to women. You can take and learn from the things that are commanded to the opposite gender. It's just that there's a, there's obviously an order and there's obviously there's also a, a, I guess a disposition for the gender at times as well. So here we say in any way, for men to do that, then verse nine it says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearl or costly array, array but with which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Does it mean that men should not be modest? Does it mean that men shouldn't adorn themselves with good works? No, it doesn't. But as I said before, he's clearly addressing here a gender. He's, he's saying things that are more apparent for the genders that he's speaking to. In whoever he's speaking to, he's saying that they have, the men clearly have a more issue with wrath and doubting. So he's addressing that. And women have clearly have more of an issue with showing off and being immodest with their dressing in a way that's being boastful so he's addressing that it's not a thing to say that it doesn't apply to the other genders he's just addressing a specific a specific um thing with regards to the genders then we've seen all people then we've seen males and females now he goes on to speak about a specific woman how do i know that because it says let the woman learn in silence with all subjection but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. So he doesn't say women. When he spoke about modesty and sobriety and you know, basically just adorning yourself inwardly as opposed to outwardly. He's mentioned women. When he was speaking about men, he said men. But then he says the woman, and he says a woman, and he says the man, and he says the woman when he's talking about Eve. He says the woman again when he's talking about Eve. Right? So the same way he said the man, Jesus Christ. The terms, it's the same thing. So it's speaking specific now down to a singular person, whether a specific woman or singular so it says let the woman learn in silence let is a permissible permissible word they let her learn in silence it's a type of way of learning it's a way of humility in submission and obedience which we saw already we read some of this from first corinthians 14 we've seen that in with all subjection in a way that doesn't violate her head or in a way that is if we go back to first Corinthians, because we have to read the Bible in context, he talks about um as saith the Lord in obedience, and the only way that she has to be in subjection like that is to her husband. Anyway, he says, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So a woman learning and a woman um because this is about learning anyway, a woman learning is not to usurp authority over her head. And obviously he says a he says the man so he's speaking about a specific man is, is he speaking about a specific woman or is he saying the woman in the same way that he's saying the woman of eve in terms of the wife and the man i just suffer not a wife says you said over the man and then the husband because there's nowhere in scripture where it applies to all women and all men why would the bible go from saying all men women men and then the man the woman so when people say that, oh, it's not going to down to singular, why would he jump? But he jumped from going all people to men and women in the body to a man and a woman and making a specific reference to the first man and woman. It's not all men and all men are not all head of women. That's just not even a biblical concept anyway. And again, 
I just love a woman to teach or you have authority over the man, but to be in silence is uh we see all we see this in scripture throughout Peter talks about having a gentle and quiet spirit spirit, it may win over your husband. So a woman is never her learning and is and her her learning is never to teach her husband or to usurp her husband it's never for that effort that's that's not a biblical thing but what i wanted to say specifically was that in this whole passage that we've read it's not a thing about being in the church that is the that is one of the things is that he's not even speaking about specifically being in a church building or being on a platform or being behind a pulpit or being on a behind a camera or something like this holding a mic he's not even addressing that anyway and we know that he's not saying a woman cannot teach ever point blank which means why do we know that because we see women who taught we see priscilla and aquila priscilla was the woman and they taught apollos she did it she just still taught a man so paul never said paul even um what's it called praises priscilla in his letters so he he cannot he's not saying a woman cannot teach ever and he's not putting a stipulation on where she can teach in terms of on a pulpit in a building and he clearly is not meaning she cannot teach any man because he says the man but also we know that because in other scriptures he doesn't he doesn't he uh what's it called he never condemns it he never condemns a good example of priscilla teaching Apollos she taught him that she didn't teach him behind a pulpit she didn't teach him whatever but she still they still taught him they taught him the more the way more accurately they taught him the scriptures more accurately so she still taught so there's no scripture doesn't have this thing where the same the way that we have this mindset and I think it's a western mindset to be fair where the pulpit or the platform or the, that defines whether a woman is teaching scripture doesn't define teaching in that way anyway and so even and the scripture never defines all men as heads of all women it's just not a biblical it's not a biblical concept okay at all it's not a biblical concept at all so silence when it's talking about silence again it doesn't use the term silent silence talked about never like never open your mouth not allowed to speak there's no noise whatsoever whereas silence depicts a momentary or within the context of what's already happening and so it's a way of being it's a way of living it's a way because that's what he's talking about in chapter two anyway a way of life a woman's way of life is not one to be boastful in her appearance boastful in her education that's not a woman's way of life that's not a godly woman's way of life a godly woman's way of life yes she can be educated yes she can have nice things yes she can be wealthy but she's supposed to adorn herself with a gentle and quiet spirit with good works as one professing godliness looking after her home looking after her children that's the life she's supposed to live it's not to be the boss of her husband it's not to be the boss the boss in society that's not god's will for women and i and i believe that is the heart of what is being spoken here the heart is not about you cannot speak on a platform you cannot speak behind because that's even irrelevant in god's picture of go and teach your nations whether you're doing it on a platform and no one sees you you're still speaking you're still teaching you have to teach if you're not teaching actually you're in disobedience so you have to that is the lord has commanded all believers to teach all nations so we have to change our mindset in terms of how we view teaching how we view building bricks we are the living epistles we are the living stone being made up into this builder we are the temple of god the individual people are far more valuable to god whether than a platform than a microphone than a stage than a building than a video platform or anything like that you know so we have to really see god's heart so let's see so can a woman so can women be pastors yes they can have the fivefold ministry gift of pastor they can have a fivefold ministry gift as all the fivefold ministry gifts are teaching roles offices but they can be fivefold ministers god has graced some women not all some to be apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to be fivefold ministers and so that's their greatest gift and function the lord does nothing 
for no reason. He's a very purposeful God. He does not waste things. So if he's great woman to be it, it's for the benefit of his people. And so if we silence and shun half the body of Christ, then half the body of Christ, or the body of Christ is missing out on half of what God wants to, for them to actually have. A woman can be a pastor. Can a woman preach and teach? She better. She better because that's a commandment of Jesus. Go and teach all nations. Preach the gospel. That's what Jesus called us to do. So where does the Bible ever talk about a platform? It doesn't. Can a woman be a bishop or elder? You go and ask the Lord that, but that's not a five ministry role anyway. That's a position of, um, what's it called? That's a position of chairman, presider, overseer. Can a woman be an example? Yes, she better be an example. After living for Jesus for however long, she better be an example, you know, but does she have to, does she fulfill that office? Does she want that office even? You know, it said if a man desires, she might not, she might desire. But again, is that, was that an exhaustive? Is it, is it, is it only men who are married that have, that have children? Does that disqualify non people that are not fathers but married as a disqualified single men that are godly so guys unfortunately the video actually cut out if you knew the struggles of the day then you would be laughing right along with me it wasn't really funny but i recorded the first time which is actually the video that you the message that you listened to but then when i looked at the video it wasn't on my ipad and so I recorded it all over again, but then that one only recorded the first 10 minutes, even though I was speaking for about an hour. And so on uploading and looking, uploading my files, I found the original one, which is the one that you've listened to, but the end was actually cut off. So I'm just recording an outro for you guys now, just to know the, the struggles of life. But if you have enjoyed this message or if it's blessed you in any way, shape or form, please leave us a comment if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, then please feel free to rate this podcast to let other people know that it's worth listening to we try to upload a new message once a month by the grace of god so if that's something that you are have been blessed by or that you are enjoying then please subscribe whether on youtube or on podcast and rate us as well and share share this message share any of our messages if they have blessed you you can check out more teachings and resources on our website that is www.purid-t-international.org.uk and we are emails are always open so if you need to send us an email then check that out as well the link is in the description box or in the podcast description so pray this is bless you guys and i will see you next time on word of truth bye guys yeah.